everybody. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Today, it's just the Hummer Brothers. I'm Dan. That would make me Doug. And uh, we're here to do our pro wrestler tier list. Uh, this is going to be a little different than a lot of the tier lists we do around here. Uh, of course, Eric and Clinton aren't here. They're on sabbatical. Yeah, they're both. I think they're both actually at weddings. So, they're celebrating love. Good for them. And we're here to talk some wrestling. And we're going to, this tier list is going to be a little different because we're ranking. It's actually our way of celebrating love. <laughs> we're going to talk about ever, any wrestler that's ever been in the business is up for grabs here. Uh, I'm going to do a name and then you'll do a name and we'll keep going that way. Uh, our five tiers are elite, great, very good, good, mediocre, man, garbage. That is six. So it's not five tiers. All right. Well, I know I can see the look on your face. You're so excited to tell me that but uh yeah so that's what we're gonna do we're gonna really get in depth on each wrestler and really talk about like their career and where we really think we're not just gonna you know hey garbage trash or whatever uh because it's just me and doug so we'll uh we'll really get going deep on uh yeah we'll go in deep on them <laughs> real deep so oh super deep yeah Rick Flair's had it deep on him before, I'm sure. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, that's going to be a lot of fun. You ready to get into it? Yeah. I have the first wrestler for you. And I know you have... I want you to get in your criteria a little bit, because you're going to rank your list kind of on a, a criteria that... So, and this is something I've seen before. You can shout about. That uh, people have... Well, well, I don't know if you listen to the show right now, so I don't know. I don't want him to sue me. But Bret Hart did an interview years ago, and basically he had said that how he ranks wrestlers is he's got a criteria. He puts it in three different counts: their work, their uh, their look, and you know their uh, their promo. Yes. I'm going to add, you know, out of 10 and then, you know, divide and, you know, all that BS. And that's, you know, what you kind of get out of I'm going to add crowd reaction to it. Okay. Okay. Crowd reaction and, uh, yeah, just crowd reaction and basically also, like, gimmick. Okay. Okay. So, like, how over pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I like that. So that's how Doug's going to be kind of doing his list. I, I'm a little bit – I'm throwing that in there. I'm throwing everything. But certain things, like if you were – like The Rock's talking enough puts him in elite, even mm-hmm. though the wrestling might say it should put him at very good or something. But so we are doing two different lists because we do have very different opinions on some wrestlers. Oh, yeah. And similar ones on, on others, but it'll be fun to get into. Now, one that we have a super different opinion on, and I thought it'd be the best way to start this list, would be with the guy who it always should have been the whole time, Dolph Ziggler. Okay. So, I personally do not like Dolph Ziggler because I've heard about him doing some stuff or whatever that's just not like... He he likes to sleep around. Okay. Okay. You don't like that? Well, what, was he married when he was Not around? necessarily married, but it's just like, 
he tries to, you know, you watch a podcast of a certain guy, you know, they talk about how, they just talk about on an episode of how, like, a guy sleeps around to get clout. Yes. Dolph Ziggler slept around, in my opinion, to get clout. Yes. You know, stunning. Which for non-hit people, that means fame. Yeah. Uh, and, well, I use clout because that's the thing. Yeah, I know. You just learned that word, so I figure for everybody else like you. Yeah. Everybody else like me that hasn't learned it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, all right, so he's fucked Sonny, Nikki Bella, who hasn't on both. Uh, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. <laughs> Which isn't a bad poll. Really? Yeah. yeah. He, 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 Dana Brooke a few years ago. Oh, they were got What was Amy Schumer? Really? Yeah. Yep. So that, that was like before Trainwreck, though. That was before she was like before Amy. She was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was like a good budding comedian, but she wasn't like the fucking megastar she is now. The the YouTuber that's with uh, that piece that was with that piece of shit uh, H three. The girl? Yeah, he was. He he fucked. Uh, he fucked. Oh, her Trisha there. Paytas. I thought you meant Hila for a second. No. <laughs> I was like, what? No, that was with. I mean, like, did the show with them until she oh, realized yeah, yeah. he was a no good piece of shit. Uh, so. Like, Dolph, to me, like, I, I'm not a fan of his personality. But here's where, so, but, like, his ring work puts him at, like, very good. Mm-hmm. Okay? As far as a worker. Yeah. Okay? The look, he's just a blonde, generic guy with tights that, you know, it looks like 3D movie tights. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so to me, that kind of, and, and you know, look really doesn't matter that much or whatever sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it depends. You are right that there could be points taken away from the fact you use the word generic, yeah. which his wrestling style is not, but that look, that bland kind of it, heel it, it's look. It's a generic look. It is a generic look. Uh, pro slick back, blonde hair and shit. Yeah. Promo is, I think, would keep him in very good because of, you know, how passionate he gets sometimes. Now, lately, he hasn't been. No. Because he realizes, you know, I'm more than like, he thinks to himself, he's like, how the fuck have I not been cut yet? There was a couple in particular this should have been me stuff with Kofi and all that. Like, that was all right, and it made sense to yeah. me, at least. But the one promo in particular where he lit the house down is when they were leading up to that match with him and Miz in 2016 where he was going to have to retire. Right. He lost, and he just fucking lit him up on SmackDown, and he's like, this is everything to me. Like, this might be a celebrity show for you and everything, but this is my life. This is what I've worked for. And just him going off about it, and he was getting really passionate. I think the only thing that hurts his promo, and it would hurt my promo too, I'm not shaming him, but is his voice because he's got a high-pitched voice, and it can come across very whiny. Even that one, it's so good. I'm like tearing up, like, oh, my God, he's moving me, but it's still like, all right, dude, you, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Right. Because he's like, you might have fucking put me in. Like, it's like, all right. He, does, he doesn't really have the voice for it. So, like, I would say, like, uh, his promos, it can kind of keep him in very good. Uh, gimmick, the whole show-off thing, I think is just stupid. 
So to me, that drags him down to good. Uh, it was better than the perfection thing, though. Yeah. And I like that the new theme song better. Right. And then if you and then uh, I said, you know, crowd reaction. Yes. Uh, the thing is, is that they don't care anymore. They don't, but they did aggressively for a long they time. They did aggressively for a long time, so I hate the son of a bitch, but I will say he is good. I think that's a good place to put him. I think I would even agree because... You're writing your own down, though, right? Yes, I am. And the thing about Dolph is... And Kevin Owens, I just watched this. It was on a Facebook reel. I think it was from a, a while ago, but when uh, Evans or not no, Evans, Kevin Owens cut a promo on him a while ago yeah. where he was coming to the ring and he's like, it should have been me. He's like, don't shut up with it. Should have been It should have been me. He's like, yeah, it should have been you. And then it kind of was, and then it wasn't, and it never will be again. Move on. And uh, it was fucking aw- It was hilarious. But he did have, when he, that he might have besides the first one, he might have the most energetic uh, money in the bank cash in of all time. He might have one of the better ones. For a heel to come out with his like heel group, AJ was a heel, fucking Big E was a heel, and to get cheered the way he got cheered, and then the match after that with Del Rio when they did the double turn, that stuff was good shit. Right. And I don't like either of those guys, like his people. But him and th- that double turn match was very good. I, and, I remember that because that payback pay-per-view was actually like, if you go back and watch that, that's actually like a really decent show. Yes, that was a good match. His matches with the Miz for in that 14th brand extension that they did, yeah. it was SmackDown Live and Raw. Uh, those were good. The latter match was good when he fought for his career and won. I think that was a main event of a pay per view, wasn't it? Uh, no, they ended. Up, I think they went with Bray and Randy. Okay. Like Dolph wanted to be the main event, but yeah, I think and. His real big moment, and I think his biggest one, might be that Survivor Series match with the Authority versus Team Cena. Yeah. When he was the sole survivor and Sting comes Which they up. completely fucked up like two months later. Yeah, they fucked it all up, but Ziggler is a victim of bad booking. Yeah, and I think the reason why he's a victim of bad booking is because when they put all their... Uh, you know, when they put all their stock in him and he won the world title, you know, one kick to the head from a dumb fuck who uh, basically, you know, kicked him on quote-unquote accident, but I'm pretty sure it was on purpose because Dolph got his spot. And I'm talking about Dak Slaggy. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Dolph's stupid-ass fucking... Or, or Jack Swagger not knowing how to kick a guy is what fucked up Dolph Ziggler's push. Just like, you know, all the stuff they could have done with Bad News Barrett back in, like, 2014 got fucked up because Swagger forgot how to throw a guy properly into a barricade. Bad News Bear? Barrett. Oh, I was I thought you were talking about fucking Bad News Brown. for. I was like, I think we're talking about different errors, bro. <laughs> like, Swagger or Bad News? What at it? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, well, no, if he would have tried that on Bad News Brown, Bad News Brown would have just fucking kicked the shit out of him and then shit on his chest. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I really like the guy you're talking shit about. But he has had 
not only Iniesta injuries, but also like there was a lot of opportunities where Ziggler was right there and really good, and WWE never really gave him the shot. The WWE always saw him as like an intercontinental champion. And a lot of the newer guys that we talk about are a victim of bad booking right. because there's a lot more bad booking in the newer generation than there was in the older ones. So that's not really a criteria for me, and it's because what can you do about it? Right. But I do think Ziggler has done enough, had enough big moments, and regardless what you want to say about his selling, a lot of people think it's way too much. You think Sharon thinks it's way too much. A yep. lot of people do. Uh, I like how excited he gets, and I like how he's like the, how The Rock took a stunner and shit. I think yeah. theatrics is cool in wrestling sometimes. Kurt Henning got away with it for so long. So – I really, I, I agree that he is a good wrestler because he is. I don't think he's the best. I know he might have a problem with that, but he is just like consistent. And the way he describes himself now is like the best like bench player. Yeah. Like you can put him in anything and he can get a good match. And that is true. And it's true. I would say that about him. So, yeah, it's, I agree. Dolph Ziggler's good. Who's your first pick? All right. So I, just thinking about this. Uh, I want to go with somebody that I know that you that you like. Okay. Vader. Oh. Uh, to me, this is kind of an easy one because, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but this is why we have our own list. Uh, I think Vader's elite because Vader, to me, is the best big man to ever do it. I put him over the big show. I put him over uh, one-man gang. I put him over... Andre, I know a lot of people love Andre. I love Andre too, but there was something about Vader and the aggressiveness and intimidation factor that he had back then for just being a big dude. Right. And his stuff in WCW was great. Yeah, the WWF run wasn't amazing, but I still don't really blame him for that. I blame that little fucker that Eric likes. And uh, I, I think that Vader's just, he's that guy. You can always have the title on him and have a baby face go against him. Right. So to me, Vader will always be elite. Too many big moments to count. Uh, so many good matches. Like he made Flair look good. I mean, Flair makes other people look good, but he was a good heel for a guy like Flair, and Flair's smaller, you know. Right. So yeah, I think he's elite. So again, using the criteria I'm using, I enjoy Vader's monster heel work. Yeah. Okay. And to me, that would put him, like, just, like, how he can move. Or like, And not even necessarily, like, how he can move. Because being a monster heel like that, you should not be climbing up the ropes and doing a moonsault and shit. Yeah, but the fact that he could was even cooler. All right. But, like, the way he did it and some of the matches he had in WCW, you mentioned Flair. What about Sting? Yeah. Uh, Cactus. Yep. Uh, you know, he had good matches with Davey Boy Smith. You know, he had a couple of really good matches on Saturday nights with uh, with Ricky Steamboat. And it's not like – and Flair's not even in his top five matches. I, well, I don't know if he made it in our top ten for Vader. I, actually, the Flair match might have made it. But I just – to me, that's surprising because you don't think that matchup's going to work right? on paper. I don't think back then, even when they booked it, they're like, oh, this is going to be a barn burner. And it was. Well, and when you he... knew him and Cactus was going to be fun. Yeah. When him and 
when he roughed up Flair during that match, like he and he even said, like he even told Rick, because Rick's just like, dude, do we have a problem? He goes, no, I was just trying to get you fired up. Oh, okay. And, and Flair's like fired up at the time, so Flair just starts firing back on him, mm-hmm. and he's just like, you, like what the fuck were you trying to do? Like, were, were you saying? He goes, no, I want this. Keep hitting me. But uh, so like his ring work to me, so that's gonna start him in elite for me. Yeah. Promo wise, I enjoyed Vader's promo. Yeah, he was really good. And it was, it was perfect. Yeah, even though it wasn't really the '80s anymore, it was perfectly '80s cheese. And like you know, him having a manager, he didn't need a manager. He could talk by himself. Yeah, he didn't need Harley. I like them together. He didn't need Harley. He really did not need Cornette. Cornette was pretty much there just to kind of teach him, you know, the ways of the W of the uh, WWF. Even though Cornette didn't agree with that shit either. you know, you really don't put a guy, you put somebody with a guy uh, to teach him the ways of the WWF. You don't put him with a guy that hates the ways of the fucking WWF. That's like, uh, you know, Target calling me and asking me to teach a, uh, teach a class like the Target way or some stupid shit. Uh, but uh, bring back Kmart. Uh like you and me putting on a, a class on nutrition. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're sharing teaching Tybo. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, Could happen. Yeah, I think because Tybo is known as like the exercise that's not really an Like, I think you could do Tybo. No, definitely. I see a lot of older moms doing Tybo. Uh just leave it now, Doug. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say, like, there is no, like, it can only go downhill from here. Uh, I haven't heard of that in a while. That's why it was interesting to me. Uh, uh, but yeah, what's next on the criteria? All right, his look. Mm-hmm. Now he's basically—it's not necessarily like a generic, but it was kind of a cool look, and especially when he had the helmet in WCW. Mm-hmm. All right, that kind of keeps him. To me, that kind of keeps him in elite. Because he was like, didn't they call him the Megalodon too? Mastodon. Mastodon, and just coming out. And the firework, like, his entrance, and that's a part of the look to me, fucking yeah. badass. When he would come out in WCW and the fireworks are going, and he's got the big helmet, he takes it off, it's a big dude in this fight. His mask was cool, too. He's got one of the cooler wrestling masks. Yeah. Yeah, I just always thought Leon was just, to me, he's my favorite big man. Right. And then you have uh, the character... I like the character a lot more in WCW than in the WWF. Well, yeah, especially when they made him call himself a fat piece of shit. Right. And then uh, crowd investment. And the crowd was really invested in him in WCW because they liked it when guys would, you know, give it back to him. Yeah, and they could actually, like, beat him. Uh, Now, because of the whole, uh, you know, character or you know the the uh the gimmick and all that that to me that would just that would take him down to very good what's wrong with the gimmick well the wwf gimmick okay okay yeah i can see that but it's also like that's a cold era though you know that's kind of a meh era so that's like nobody was 
fucking looking that great if you weren't Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. Right. And Stone Cold. To but, but to me, like, everything else is a lead on him except for that WWF gimmick. So that's what would take him. It wouldn't take him down much. But you were going to put him in Vegas. Yeah. All right. Now, somebody who I've been interested to talk about all week since I knew we were doing this, and you're going to have to shoot back in your brain to remember this fucking guy. But uh, uh, an original former, uh, original member of uh, Nexus and uh, on NXT season one. And I can't wait to hear your criteria to this young man, Michael Tarver. There's not really a lot to, because the funny thing is, now he was, he was my pick to win NXT, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he the first Carlito one? Carlito was his pro, right? Yeah, Carlito was his pro. That was the worst matchup. <laughs> Carlito was his yeah, pro. Yeah, and the fact that, like, Carlito was fired before the season even ended. Oh, uh, yeah. Did he get a different one? Or was he already eliminated? They eliminated him, I think, like, right before they fired Carlito. Yeah. So, here's the, here's the thing about him. He was, uh, his ring work, to me, was this man. Yeah. Okay. He could cut an okay promo, yeah, which would put him up to mediocre. Yes. Now the look, and this is what I'm excited to talk about. Okay, the look, where like he had like the you know the uh, bandana or whatever around his mouth, and he had like the the pit bull thing or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck. It was a cool look. Now the Shield did it better. Yeah, when well, they, they stole it when they were the Hounds of Justice. Right? Yeah. They stole it, but, you know, it was more over yeah. than than this guy was. Yes. Uh, but it was still a cool look, which would kind of keep him in mediocre. Well, yeah, because that's, to me, and the reason I picked him to win NXT was based on his look. Yeah. And I thought, out of all, like, this dude, he's not good, right? And he didn't end up, he didn't do well in the business. I think he had bad things to say about John Cena afterwards, too. But he... He's like a Christian rapper now or something like that. But he didn't work out, and things didn't go well for him. And But that look and the, the bandana and, like, all the stuff you described, on the shield, it looked a bit tacky. Right. On him, it looked badass. There was something about when he came walking through, it's like this guy could beat anybody's ass. He reminded me of, like, an MMA fighter kind of. Right. I, th- I thought he had a lot of money in that presentation. But then, you know, the bell had to ring. But right, and that's uh, that's the thing too is that like you know then of course that damn bell had to ring <laughs> yeah okay uh but then you get to crowd involvement crowd didn't care about him as much as they cared about like uh, a Wade Barrett or a, a Daniel Bryan nobody gave a shit okay yeah not about Tarver no no one gave a shit uh he was the first one to get kicked out of the group wasn't he. Darren Young was. Oh. Okay. But, uh, so he gets, you know, so that still keeps him in mediocre. And then, like, the gimmick of the whole, you know, because of the look and all that. I would still just keep the guy mediocre. Yeah. And I think you're being generous. I think he's going to be a meh on my list. I liked him as a kid. But he did, he never did anything for the business. He didn't do one fucking positive thing for the business. Right. Even being a part of NXT, like Nexus, no one gave a shit about Michael Tarver. 
So I'm going to put him in meh. But like I said, that look could have got him a long way. I really right. think so. Because he did look like a badass. But everything else just didn't really add up. And the gimmick, the only problem with the gimmick is that he lost a lot in NXT, too. So he would come out and try to talk his shit, but then he would he would lose. Like him and Daniel Bryan didn't win a match or something for a while. I think Tarver had one win, and that was actually against Daniel Bryan. Yeah, so he wasn't doing good. Like they weren't booking him good. But he, so the the promos, you don't give a shit, you know? Right. And the guy loses. He's like, yeah, I'm going to beat this guy's ass. No, you're not. <laughs> we, we saw what you just did. And, uh, yeah, he's a mess for me. But go ahead. All right. So the next one. Uh, another kind of not necessarily a deep cut. Uh, I mean, well, not even really a deep cut because we've done an episode on him before. Yeah. Unfortunately, we relied on fan support for this, so we ended up talking about a lot of the stuff that neither you nor myself were even really alive for. Yeah, and there's not really even footage on. Yeah, Rick Martel, the model. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know where he is for me. He's elite because he's one of my favorite old school wrestlers. Right. Uh, I love. I think he had one of the best heel gimmicks, most underrated at least. Yeah. I love the arrogance perfume that he would spray guys in the eyes with. If he were uh, maybe twenty pounds heavier. Yeah. And maybe like I because I, I think he clocked it at like six. Six foot or six one. Yeah. If he were six four, six five, and let's say about instead of two the two thirty was, if he were six four to six five, two fifty, main event or with Hogan. Yeah, it would have been a star. Uh, he was a little too small, so he him and he got put in that Mister Perfect type deal, you know? Right. Rick Rudish, even though Rude got the Warrior spot a little bit, so. But I agree, and I I I really do think he's one of the most unsung heroes of wrestling. And I liked his bland white babyface stuff that you didn't like. I liked him as the AWA champion. And I also, I love strike force while they were together. Now, it, it, just to kind of tell you a little bit on uh K-Fabe commentaries uh, or the best of Casey vault YouTube channel. They just released one of the last like shoot interviews he ever did before he started hiding in Montreal. Okay. Where he does, he did a timeline. Yeah. He did uh, 81. And the video just got released like last week. Okay. They put it on Best of KC Vault. Uh, Best of KC Vault. Nice. So I haven't seen it yet. I kind of do want to see it because, yeah. you know, I, I want to see, like, you know, what they were thinking in, like, 81 and all that. Yeah. Me too. Uh even the stuff he did with Booker T and WCW that we just watched, I really liked. Yeah. So I, I just, great in-ring worker, good character. I thought the promo was good when he was a heel. Yeah, it, it didn't really translate as a baby face, but that's okay. Uh, I think Look would probably be where he gets some points taken off from you. But I, I put him in elite because I just, I think he's one of the most underrated guys ever. Right. All right. So to me, I'm going to start him... As far as, like, ring work goes, elite. I'm, I'm going to start him in elite. Yeah. Okay? Because he is one of the best. And I I really think it's a Canadian thing because a lot of those Canadian guys are. At that technician-type style, yes. Yeah. 
Because uh, he was like a, a another Bret Hart almost. Yeah. Like, you know, Dino Bravo, like, and well, Dino actually back in his day before, you know, steroids were introduced into his life, Dino Bravo was a really good worker. Yeah, he could go. Okay. Uh, but then he took this whole world's strongest man thing and the muscles and all that way too seriously. Yeah. Uh, but as far as Martel goes, like, the ring work makes him in elite or puts him in elite. The model gimmick, which, again, probably could have been a main event gimmick. Yeah. Or at least, like, make him intercontinental champion. Yeah. Which. I'm surprised he never was. Yeah. Which is stupid. Feels like he should have been. He more than likely should have been. I'm still going to say, because that gimmick is probably one of the best heel gimmicks. It's up there with Deviasi and Perfect. Yeah, it is. Okay, and uh, throw Ravishing Rick in there, too. Like, those four guys, as far as heels go. And that's the one that doesn't get love Yeah, compared to the other two. The other three are, like, everybody masturbates all over. First bait Hall of Famers, fucking everybody loves them. And they should, but the model was just... By the way, the the only reason why Martel is not in the WWE Hall of Fame, they call him every year. Are you ready to come in? No, I don't want to leave Montreal. Like... I like he does not want to leave Montreal. He doesn't want to leave his house. I don't blame him. So, you know, all his stuff with Jake Roberts is really good. And and that's the thing is that like that that stuff, you know, right there, that's what put him over the top. Yeah. Uh, that and the heel turn on Tito. Yeah. Okay. That meant a lot. I wish they would have done a little more with that. Well, the reason why that feud was created is because. Uh, they wanted something. They were looking for business for the house shows. Yeah. Like Bruce even said, he goes, "This was not never supposed to play out on TV." Yeah. We needed house show business because they knew they were going to lose Hogan for a little while. Uh, they lost Jake for a little while because he hurt his neck. Yeah. Andre, you know, didn't really want to travel that much anymore. Uh. So they're like, all right, we need kind of like a big program mm-hmm. to carry the houses. And people were so upset over Strikeforce breaking up to where they would buy a ticket to see Tito Santana and Rick Martel in the main event. Yeah. But, all right, so, you know, uh, like I said, the in-ring work, the gimmick, puts him in a lead. The promo work, his babyface promo stuff, not really good. Although in WCW, I don't think he ever had, they ever put the mic in front of him. But like his strike force promos, you know, but his promos is the model. Like when he turned on Tito and that promo he cut. Yeah. Okay. I'm still going to keep the guy in, uh, you know, in elite for that because of how like, I wanted to punch him in the face after every promo he cut as the model. Yeah. Because it's just like, uh, you know, he, he kept you invested. I agree. Okay. Crowd reaction? Crowd reaction? Uh, they didn't care as much about him uh, as they did, like, the other top heels. Yeah. But, like, when he got the shit beat out of him by Jake, like, they cared. 
when he when when David yeah. Boy Smith eliminated him from the 1991 Royal Rumble, they cared. Yeah, there was some big moments where they cared, but it was also hard because like they weren't gonna, they were never going to care when he went to WCW. Yeah. The ship was gone, and there wasn't enough fans in the building to care when he was world champion in AWA. Right. So to me, that was it's going to knock him down a little bit into very good. Okay. Okay. Now, the look. I like the model jacket and all that stuff. Yes. And, like, you know, the pink tights and the purple. Like, when he would switch between white tights and pink tights and purple tights, I I tell you all the time. Sometimes I do it on this show. Other times I do it when I know you're trying to watch a video and I'm trying to piss you off. (laughs) Uh, When a wrestler wears different colors... That's interesting to me because I don't like, I mean, now, like a lot of times I just use like black, black ink or whatever. Like I don't color code as much as I used to. Yeah. Mainly because I got yelled at at work for doing it. Uh, so they killed my dream. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, like, so, to me, like, even though, yes, it was only, like, three different colors, it was still kind of, you know, the look was still kind of interesting to me. Yeah. WCW, not so much. But to me, that still makes him very good. I can see it. I'm not mad at that. All right. Somebody totally out of the box and different from anybody else we've talked about so far. The Blue Meanie. Oh, my God. All right. So this guy, you talk about out of the box. Uh, they can fit in the box. He can now. Oh, yeah. He's in good shape. Okay. Uh, gimmick? I I think the guy had a really good gimmick. I liked Meanie. I liked his little stuff in the WWF, too. When he did his stuff in the WWF, like the Blue Dust and all that, and we came in as part of, like, the job squad and all that, even though he was doing mainly just jobs. And even in, like, 2000, (laughs) when he was still kind of just, like, you know, getting his ass kicked on a a daily basis or whatever, or on a nightly basis. Yeah. I still enjoyed the gimmick. It was a fun gimmick. And it was fun. The the BWO was hilarious. Yeah. So, to me, that puts him in very good, like, his gimmick. Yeah. His promos still keep him in very good for me because he was he was so funny. He's so comedic. Yeah. That it's just like, oh, my God, he's going to cut the promo. I really have to listen. He, he's not going to make any fucking sense. Yeah. And he's going to say stupid shit, but I got to listen to him. Yeah. Okay. Crowd reaction, I think they cared more in ECW, really, than they did anywhere else. So crowd reaction, to me, just kind of knocks him down to good. But that's a huge crowd reaction he's getting in ECW. Yeah. That's passionate fans. Right. Uh, I do think it was awesome that he was the one playing uh, Scott Hall. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> just him what? being, like, like you see his chub, like, coming out of his shirt, and he's oh, doing the little he dance. Let me tell you something, man. And it's just like, you are, there is no way you're Cuban. Yeah, I'm, the, right? I'm the blue guy. It, yeah. it just, it worked. There was something about that. Like, he had a couple moments. I think enough to put him in mediocre for me. 
Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, working down, like I said, good. His ring work. Yeah, because that's when his ring work comes to a stop. Is just like, okay, not necessarily. He was ba- he barely trained, it seemed like. Yeah. He was one of those ECW guys. So, like, oh, they got him from Target. To me, so, that's what puts him in mediocre. Is that ring work. Yeah. Because we've never seen him put on a 30-minute match or, right. or fucking do something. And if there's footage, fucking send it in. I'll, I'll watch it. But I, I've i never seen him do anything crazy in a wrestling. And personally, I like the guy. I like him, too. And he's hilarious. And I like his promos and shoot interviews and all that shit. But as a wrestler, just as a wrestler, he's not the best. Uh, who do you got next? All right. So next up, I was actually going to go with this guy next. Or before I did Martel, but then I'm like, you know what? I, I went with Martel. Because uh, to me, this guy, uh, I, I feel like he got a raw, uh, he got a raw deal a lot. Uh, now, you know, I'm not necessarily happy with a choice he made a few months ago. Yeah. Rick Steiner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But we're we're gonna we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, we don't get into bullshit. We're not gonna, you know, we don't need to bring that up. We're he's just going to talk about now, who. But... Yeah, he's an idiot now. Well, he's an he's an older man now who doesn't understand. But you got to, from the stuff we've heard about the Steiner brothers, he's he's always been a fucking idiot. I know it seemed like Scott was, but with the well, Scott was Scott was an idiot, but uh, for some reason, like they felt like they could talk to Rick more. Yeah, but they were they were like ribbing pretty bad, weren't they? Yeah, I think they they, did. According to Eric Bischoff, they shoved a pencil up Nick Patrick's ass. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. Uh, I wonder why he couldn't count fast. But as a worker, as, well, I'm the one that presented it. Don't you want to go first? I can. As a worker, though, I, I, I like them. I like them a lot. It's hard to really say where to put them, though. I'm having trouble with this one. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. Go. All right. Uh, The look, you know, especially when he had, like, the different color, like, when he he had, like, the singlet that was, like, 90 different colors. Yeah. All right. I like the look. So, to me, that uh, that starts him off in very good, because I would never say Rick Steiner's elite. Well, no, and I know you're going to say the gimmicks elite because you like running around the house and barking like a fucking madman. But, and I do like the gimmick. He barked. Well, I, I like the gimmick, but I, I wouldn't say it's an elite gimmick. Yeah. I, I would just say, like, it worked because it, it, it almost seemed like it kind of matched his personality. Remember when he got into it with Chucky? Yeah. Uh, so, like, right now, he's in very good. I think his ring work was still very good. Mm-hmm. Crowd reaction, I I still think kind of keeps him in uh, in very good. So we did uh, look promo. He, to be honest with you, his promo is what drags him down. This is, in my opinion, even though like I like the whole barking and all that. And, yeah, like when he barking, he didn't really make sense, and it's just kind of like okay. Uh, well, cause that's, you know, and that's the thing though about him and Scott is they always seem stupid. Yeah. And they always just seem like big dumb guys, but they like, you rooted for him. The, the problem with Rick Steiner is that his brother is Scott. Yeah. 
That is the problem with Rick's, and it sucks being the Majet, uh, the Janetti and stuff like that. And I'm not calling him Marty Janetti. I think he did fine without Scott. But like when they broke up, and then Scott goes on to be Scott and becomes one of the better like fucking big heels of all time, and then Rick just kind of stays stagnant. You know? Yeah. It's hard to really. I would put him at, at good myself. Well, I mean, that's where I'm going to put him. I'm going to put him. And I know you love Rick Steiner. You can put him wherever you want. But for me, I just don't think because – and they played around with it early NWA before the tag team really kicked off, but I could never see him in the main event. Right. Him against, you know, Hogan would never make sense. Him against – even Flair would never make sense. And, no, I think him and Flair – like, when he made when he main evented the clash against Luger, that made sense. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think anybody thought he was going to win the damn thing. That's the thing. He was a good wrestler. Yeah. He was very good. But I'm only putting him in good. Yeah, uh, me too. And again, I love Rick Steiner, but I'm also trying to go at this with a clear head. Oh. And this might be a first for the podcast, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This might have to be our last show. Uh, Uh... My next guy, or lady. Okay. Because we haven't done a female yet. Uh, well, I've never done <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Kelly Kelly, my old wife. Okay. And be be honest. Be honest? Yeah, don't just because she's in the family. I do. Here's the thing. She tried. She tried. She tried, she tried and she up. had, she was a good athlete. Great stripper. <laughs> she was a great athlete. The problem is, is, and she was acceptable for that time period because you didn't have to be a tremendous wrestler and all that. Yeah. No, all you had to be able to do was rock a pair of panties. Yeah. And uh, boy, could she. That's not jealous there, are you, Sharon? Maybe just a little. Uh, Someone might say you could rock them. I'm never going to, but... I ain't going to do it. I wouldn't know Uh, anybody that would either. We give Eric 50 bucks. I don't know. The way he talks to her sometimes, he might do it for free. But, uh... No, I... The only thing about... The only thing about her that I feel like is kind of fucked up is that they act like she failed when she was Divas Champion. But to me, she didn't. I felt like they gave her the ball to be the star. And for that Divas division that wasn't in the women's revolution yet and wasn't putting on great matches and was only got five minutes of fucking TV a week, I thought she was great. And I thought she was a good, like, face. I thought she was a new age trish. I know people call me a fucking dick for that. But. Okay, so she beats Beth Phoenix two pay-per-views in a row. Okay? Now, if she was really failing like they say she was. Yeah. Then she would have only beat Beth once. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. To me, her ring work, her work starts her at good. Okay. Really? <laughs> because, to be honest with you, there's been worse. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna say her ring, her work starts her at good. Her look keeps her at good. Because she was a very attractive young lady. Again, colorful outfits. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what you're focused on. That's what we're saying. Like, I love the teal. <laughs> uh, I actually do like teal. But anyway. Uh, yeah, you like tits more than teal. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, that to me, that still kind of keeps her good. Her promos, what knocks her down to mediocre. Mm. Okay. She was not a good promo. No. Crowd reaction, I felt like sometimes they were not giving her... They didn't care about the chicks, though. They, they were not giving her the proper respect. But it's also, too, you were at a point where, like, you're just supposed to... You know, you're supposed to cheer the women if you wanted to fuck. But her little feud with Eva Marie was cool when Eva went heel. Eva Marie? Or, or right, what Eve, was her Eve name? Torres. All right, whatever the fuck. But Eve, Eve Torres. Yeah. Her little feud with her and how they were friends and then they weren't and Eve turned into like a super bitch. Yeah. And, and like that WrestleMania match, with she like kind of carried Maria Menounos to an okay match. Right. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible. Maria Menounos from like the but, movie thing? Yeah, yeah, from the yeah. movie. She's a huge WWE fan. So they so they actually had her wrestle a couple times. Yeah. And then she That's gave funny. she gave uh Eve Torres the stink face, which is when you rub your ass on somebody's face. Right. But Eve Torres was wearing a very like black eyeshadow, so everybody thought she pooped herself after. Maria Maria Menounos. Oh wow. she rubbed her ass on her face but it was very it was like a brown makeup. And she was wearing white pants. So she had like a poop streak up her butt. Oh, <laughs> It's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, but, and then, you know, the, the gimmick and all that. So to me, Kelly's just mediocre. I know she's family. Yeah. But she's mediocre. I don't disagree. I think unbiased wise, I kind of have to put her at mediocre. I loved her, but, uh, I just don't think the wrestling, it improved, but it didn't improve to the level it needed to be for her to be good. It didn't. She didn't have a Trish improvement. Not a little better, but she didn't get. She like she didn't even have a Nikki Bella improvement. To be honest, she was always better than Brie. Right. And I, you can roll your eyes all you want. Nikki got good in the ring, motherfucker. I don't care what you say. But uh, I think when she, when she realized that everybody was just gonna, you know, keep ridiculing her because she was getting where she was because of John Cena. She's like, all right, I got to show these fucking people. And she did. No, I think she did. Is she a fucking succubus? Probably. But did she get better in the ring? A hundred percent. Well, look, I'm not going to say she didn't get better in the ring because I think she did. I still think that they need to pull a Wizard of Oz and drop a fucking house on her. Yeah, I know you don't like her. Uh, which, to be honest, with you, probably uh, the house would probably just bounce off those double-ass tits anyway. <laughs> But a lot of people don't like her, but she did get better at her craft, which yeah. Kelly Kelly kind of failed to do. And her fucking Nikki sister definitely failed to do. Right. You can like her better all you want. That bitch is an abortion in the ring. Uh, yeah. Know. Well, I, I like Brie better personality wise. Yeah. I don't like Nikki's personality, but I do think that she is as far as like. Uh, She's like three, ring work. three levels above her sister. Yes. Which is sad. You would almost think that, you know. Daniel Bryan's seed went into Nikki in that point. Well, because Nikki was training with Daniel Bryan around that time. So her, his seed did go in there. Who knows? All right. Uh, who's your next person? Uh, we're going to go to somebody who probably could be close to elite. Okay. Scott Hall. 
Ooh, the bad guy. Okay. And to me, well, I'll let you go first. I love him. I love everything he did. Something, one of the hardest things to do in wrestling, because it's so boisterous and it's so out of this world and it's so different, is making wrestling cool. Only very few people have been able to do it. Vince in the Attitude Era, uh, Eric with the NWO. Certain things can make wrestling cool. It hasn't been cool for about 20 years now. Uh, They haven't been able to do it in a long time. Uh, Scott Hall made wrestling cool. Yeah. The... That fucking Miami Vice type, like, or what What was he supposed to be? Like Scarface, Scarface. a little bit? That fucking... That yeah. yeah. The bad guy. Like, just all of it were, hey, yo. Just him coming out, dancing to the NWO music. It's like, this is a guy I want to drink multiple fucking martinis with after the show. He just, he was a badass, and he was cool. And he just always had that, oh, you want to fucking hang out with this guy. You know? And... To me, that one of fun. And Diesel had that too, Big Daddy Cool, Big Sexy, but Scott's felt more genuine. Nash felt more character. Right. Scott felt more like, oh, this is, even though he's putting on a thick accent that might not even be his, he just felt like this dude that was like, he, you don't expect him to go anywhere without five chicks on each arm. And it didn't feel cheesy, it didn't feel corny, and he had some of the best, when he wanted to work, he could be the best worker of all time. Even for his size and everything. The ladder matches with uh, Sean. Fucking awesome. Uh, The matches, just any match he would do, like you talk shit about Triple H, but when Scott would wrestle his buddies, he he was in his happy place. Uh, But anybody, even him and the kid, Scott Hall, not Scott Hall, X-Pac, fucking tore the house down multiple times. They even had a good diaper match, and it was a fucking diaper match. Right. So... I, I think Scott Hall is very good for me just because I'm saving elite for my like all time favorites, but he is, he is like basically elite, but I will, I'll put him at very good because he had had dips and everything past uh, like 99 is just not good at all. No offense to him. Well, and, and that's the thing. He was so far gone Yeah, in 99. And, and the alcoholic gimmick, I can't watch. Yeah. I can't go back. And, and I love the idea of him and Kevin Nash going against each other. That fucking feud could be amazing. But to do what they did with capitalizing on his alcoholism and making that a part of the storyline, I get that wrestling has to be reality and it's got to mirror reality and all that shit. That makes me feel uncomfortable, even to this day. So the last good match that he had I gotta pee, go ahead. was... Like the last like really good match that he had was September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight, on a Nitro. It was him and Billy Kidman. Yeah. Now he was doing the alcoholic bullshit at the time, but Kidman still got like a really good match out of him. And this was when Kidman was on his run as a cruiserweight champion. But to me, uh, so was he an alcoholic in real life? Yeah. Yes, he was having um, he, he was having major problems but at the time. Among many other things. Okay. He was big into the crack, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh so in nineteen ninety eight well in nineteen ninety seven he started having marital issues. Okay. He had to take a few weeks off. He was able to convince his wife that, you know, he can change and all that. 
So she gave him another chance. 98 rolls around. She's starting to see that he's full of fucking shit. So, uh, or she's starting to think he's full of shit. So she's like, no. So she actually left for a while. He was having so many problems. He was drinking and all that. But he was still able to convince her to come back again. But then in 99, she's just like, no, I'm not. Like, 99, it was like completely done. It was over. Yeah. Uh, And, but, so, like, as far as, like, the gimmick, gimmick makes him elite. Yeah. Ring work, I would say, makes him elite because he had, even though uh, he would, a lot of the times, like, he's working with his friends, he still had really good matches with uh, guys that weren't his friends. And, he put it uh, on the table. 100% he did. But, uh... Huh? So, anyway. Um... It makes him elite. Promo makes him elite. Uh, crowd reacting, because the crowd really did react to what he did. Uh... So, that makes him elite. And then, the look, because... Again, he's another one of those guys, especially when he was Razor Ramon, not necessarily when he was Scott Hall in WCW, because, you know, he just wore, like, the same, like, red and black or or black and white tights or whatever. But when he was Razor Ramon, and even when he was Diamond Stud in WCW, it was different color vest every time, uh, (laughs) different, uh, different color tights every time. Like, one week, you'd see him dressed in yellow. The next week, you'd see him dressed in blue, then purple, pink, whatever. I personally like that. Uh, so, to me, he's just he's going to be elite. That's very fair. And it's a very – and I was debating this the whole time. It's very fair to put Scott Hall in elite. I can't quite do it. But I – RIP, and he is one of the greatest of all time, and my favorite member of the clique, personally. Yeah. Oz, to be honest with you, and I, I I haven't met all the members of the clique because I didn't meet Shawn Michaels when he was at a convention or whatever. Eric did. Did you ever? You never met Triple H, have you? No. Okay. Uh, but like I've met Scott Hall, met Kevin Ash, met Sean Waltman. Uh, have you met, met Justin Credible? Who's X Pac? Sean uh, Sean Waltman. Okay. Oh, one two three kid. He's most known as X Pac. So, so uh, no, Justin. <laughs> He's not at really. At a convention, just incredible was actually like he had gained so much weight and like he was bumping into people. So when I walked past, I said, "You fat piece of shit." <laughs> uh, and he was having like issues at the time, like his wife had been diagnosed with cancer. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm, I'm awful. Yeah. Uh, but Scott Hall and Sean Waltman are two of the nicest guys. Yeah. You could ever meet. Like, I know Nash Eric, was a bit of a dick to you, but yeah, but uh, I love Big Daddy. Cool. Sean Sean Waltman was just, uh, you know, he treated Eric and I with respect, and we did the whole, you know, too sweet thing and all that. And, yes, uh, that was fun. And uh, Scott Hall wanted to play. I had him sign them my WCW vibrating action figure, uh, which I since sold and probably undersold myself because. I sold it like two months before he died and fucking. An inspirational story too, right? 
the fact that the guy got clean and he fucking got his life together. Like, yes, he passed and whatever you want to say about damage being done or whatever, but he, even if he didn't go out on his own terms, he got his fucking life together before. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say the drugs killed him. And that's fucking, that's very respectable for me. No, what what killed him was he broke his hip and he had a heart attack. I think the anesthesia during surgery is what killed yeah. him. So, and I'm I'm just saying, like, you can't be like, oh, he's one of those sad stories of the business. Like, he got his fucking life together, man. And he took that DDP shit seriously. And when he came out for that Hall of Fame speech, he looked like a fucking stud. Yeah. So I, I was just really proud of him. Proud of Jake, too, of course, but. And, and what's funny is that whole Hall of Fame speech, like everybody else, like he's the king of promos and he just came out that one short thing and then that was it. Because he even told Nash, Nash had like a whole like thing of stuff he wanted to say about him. He looked at Nash before he went out and said, big man, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that have to go to bed tonight because there's a big WrestleMania tomorrow. And there's still a couple guys to go like after me. Yeah. So let's not take this too long, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> go out there, say a couple nice things about me, and then shut up. <laughs> He's just and and that's why I had to bring that up because I feel like wrestling and wrestlers and everyone wants to talk about the negative. Yeah. And there's a lot of negative and there's a lot of demons and skeletons in the closet and pain pills and all that shit. But they they don't talk about the good stories and the guys that really and the good people in the business too. Yeah, like the fucking really like sweet guys, and also just the the like triumphant stories, like Scott Hall. That it's like, oh, this guy was done for. He was like too far gone, and he fucking really got his life to, back together. And uh, and even before that, even though a lot of people might not have liked working with him, he's one of the best damn guys to strap on a pair of boots. Right. Even if I did just put him in very good, but still, all that's true. All right, my turn. You ready? Uh huh. Are you sure? Yeah. Independent guy. Never really got his due. I know your opinions on him. Teddy Hart. Uh, he never could really break through that glass ceiling. No. Uh, and he could never get to the big unless show. Unless the glass ceiling was a convenience store and he had a gun so he could hold up the place. Yeah. He could never get to the big show was the problem. Well, and that's the thing. is because of his demon. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him wrestle live before, and his ring work is good. Yes. Uh, his promo is a very, very generic Canadian promo. Yeah, he's kind of annoying. So it's kind of mediocre. Yeah. Crowd reaction, nobody cares. Uh, the look kind of takes him down to math for me. Yeah. Uh, the gimmick kind of, I'm, I'm just going to say man. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's not my favorite either, but I remember I first saw him when they did that Wrestling Society X for MTV back in the day. It only lasted a season. And uh, X-Pac was there. There was a few guys I knew and I got into it. And uh, I really liked him and he was doing the flips and shit and he was like... <laughs> He was a really good worker in in his day. Right. Now he's kind of past his prime. I think I would agree with Matt, but I just wanted to talk about him a little bit. Wanted to bring him to the show because he never really got there. Yeah. There you go, Teddy. 
He made it on the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Even though Doug kind of glossed over it. <laughs> yeah. All right, who else? <coughs> We're going to bring up another female. Okay. Uh, Mickey James. I like Mickey James. I love Mickey James. But, and I don't mean to start out with the negatives, but uh, the thing about Mickey is that that TNA shit was cringe as fuck, dude. I hated that theme song. Oh, the hardcore country. Hardcore country! To me, that's actually what got her over, though. Yeah, I thought it sucked. And then she came out in the boots and stuff. It's like she's a country girl. I thought she was a lesbian. <laughs> when she came first came on the scene, and she was like a super fan of Trish, and she did the spot at Mania where she fucking was grabbing, like it was like a move where she had to grab her crotch. It was a regular wrestling move. It's not like she just fucking... Gorilla aped it, but fucking she had to grab her crotch and then she did like a pussy eating thing in between her and WWE edited it out of the fucking program, you fucking stiff bastards. I wonder if Vince gave her hush money too. But uh So it's like dude, you put on the attitude era, but this chick can't fuck like you can fucking do all this chick to woman, but a woman can't make a fucking pussy eating face. I thought it was a double standard. Oh, but Braun Patty's match next week, pal. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, the fucking Lingerie pillow fight on the same night. Yeah, although that really wasn't much of a pillow fight. That was pretty much Candice and Michelle and Tori Wilson suplexing each other. Yeah, but they were hot while they were doing it. Oh yeah, and uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. But Mickey James during that era, white hot. The shit with Trish and Trish kind of passed through the torch. Those matches were awesome, and I really liked it. And even past that. The only, it's hard for her because she's pre-women's revolution, so she didn't have a lot of good girls to go with. But Michelle McCool, whatever you want to say about the feud, the stuff in the ring was really fun. Right. They had good matches. Uh, the, the piggy stuff was fucking stupid, but the matches themselves were good. Uh, they, they really never knew how to treat women. I don't know what the fuck. Like, that's why with this whole shit with Vince, it's like, you're not you're like, really, bro? Like, like, are you that surprised that this chick gained like 10 pounds and then he had the girl started calling her Piggy James and shit and doing like skits where they had fucking oil and like, uh, what are they? The snouts snouts. Yeah. Oh snouts. really? Yeah. They really made fun of her. Yeah. So they were, they, it was a mean girl gimmick. Like they had Layla and Michelle McCool doing it. So it made sense for the gimmick. Like these are these mean hot bitches that are talking shit about this, but she gained like 10 pounds. Like she didn't look fat. She wasn't, she was still in great shape. She was still she beautiful. Was, this is the start of the, Oh my God, John Cena's a fucking asshole thing. Cause she was dating John Cena at the time. And John Cena decided that he was going to, for some reason, didn't even start dating his high school sweetheart. He just proposed to her, like, out of the blue, and decided to get married to her. Like, so... <laughs> yeah, he left Mickey, but he didn't make him call her fat. Yeah. It was just stupid. But, but because she didn't, uh, she didn't really appreciate, like, because she didn't... Did he really marry his high school sweetheart? Or yeah, they were only... No, no, they were only married for, like... It, he did, but they were only married for like two years. Yeah, okay. and that's why he refused to commit to Nikki Bella. Okay. Totally. Yeah, that's uh, why he had so many love issues. So he, uh, so anyway, so he dumps Mickey. Mickey doesn't necessarily take it very well. She gained like ten pounds. Uh, she started telling, well, allegedly started telling people 
that she thought John was an asshole for dumping her the way he did. So then it's just like, okay, uh, we're going to have, you know, you're going to talk that way about our top star. We're going to have these girls make funny. Uh, again, that's allegedly what happened. I mean, Mickey herself kind of denies it, but there's right. other people that say, oh, no, they did it to her. Uh, but the whole the whole thing is, and I, I'll get right to the point here. Mickey's ring work was good. Yes. All right. Uh, I don't know. I can't really put her, even though she's one of my favorites. Uh, and, you know, I was very excited to meet her at the one convention, too. Uh, so excited. You probably could have hung a, you probably could have hung a coat on me uh, or a certain body part anyway. But, uh, she, uh, but like her ring work was good. Promos were just okay. The was, lesbian stuff was very good. Yeah. When uh, she had a character to play, it was very good. Yeah. It, the gimmick just of baby face fucking Mickey James, not that great. Yeah. But when she had something to do overall, uh, I would put her in good. That low? Yeah. Okay. I just think, like, and I'll, I'll, I think I might agree with you, but no, I got to put it. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I'll put her good. But Mickey James, I just think, is one of the more underrated girls because she should have got the legend treatment when she got back in 2016. When she made her way back, they should have treated her as more of a big deal. And that feud with Alexis should have meant a lot more than it did. Didn't feel like nothing. She was just her sidekick for a while, and then they fought, and then who gives a shit? And then she was her sidekick again, right? Like who gives a shit? That wasn't handled great. Uh, like I said, I didn't love her TNA run, but I would agree that she's a good wrestler. She is very underrated, though. Not enough people bring her up in that big. Like for that evolution, nobody wanted to see Trish against Mickey, you know? Right. They wanted to see Trish against fucking Lita. Right. They didn't want to see her team with Lita. Lita wasn't there, was she? Yeah, she teamed with her, didn't she? Yeah. Why'd you give me a face like she didn't? Uh, Alexa's the one that couldn't wrestle, not Lita. Right. But, uh, yeah, so she's good. All right, next up, Mark Jindrak. Oh, my God. Generic as all hell. I'm putting him in elite. Uh, I wonder why I just gave you a look. Uh, you knew what was coming. I'm just kidding. I wasted potential. Right. And, but big deal in Mexico, apparently. Marco Corleone uh, or whatever was apparently pretty good in AAA or wherever the fuck he was. Right. Uh Apparently he was a pretty big name. I remember hearing himself calling himself the John Cena. Mexico the guy about but fucking, he, he was pretty big in Mexico. Yeah. And shooting pretty high. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about all that, but he, he did get good reactions and he had good work and all that. Uh, wasted potential. Because the evolution thing still could have worked with him and not Batista. And that's a hot take. But I think evolution, if they would have stuck with Jindrak, I think it would have been the same results. I don't think Jindrak beats Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania. No. <laughs> but... 
I think evolution still turns out the way it turns out in the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, and I, I think that's why I like it. And I love Batista. Yeah. And Triple H had even said, like, you know, he didn't think Zindrak fit, and I think that's because, like, he was also thinking long term. Well, I All think, right, will this guy beat me in the main event of WrestleMania? <laughs> I don't think Triple H has ever had that thought. <laughs> He's like, will I beat this guy in the main event of WrestleMania? Yeah. Uh, no. I, I I think his problem in that was he was too much like Randy. Like, he already had a cocky, fucking, you know, handsome, black-haired, douchebag right. dude. You didn't need another one. And he wasn't – he was a big, stacked dude, but not big enough to be the muscle for the group. Right. That needed to be Batista. But he – his WCW stuff in the – like, I feel bad for him because he's never really had good opportunities to fucking show. And I think he has had some good matches. I liked his stuff in SmackDown in, like, 2003 and, and four. Like, I've gone back and watched him on Velocity and shit like that, and I thought he was actually kind of not bad. When they were pushing him, pushing him a little bit in 2005 with, like, the right hand and all that. Yeah. Uh, like, he was, he was good. The problem is, is that, like, nobody was really giving him a shot. Yeah, it didn't fit, but it's like he could have easily got put in a United States Championship thing or right. something, but he so, never did. Ring work, I would say, is good, because I do think he, he could work well in the ring. He had the basics down. Okay. Uh, gimmick kind of drags him down to mediocre. Promo, we really didn't get to see that, so it doesn't necessarily make it, you know. Uh, he did a little bit in WCW with... Uh, yeah, it's not much, though. With the new blood? A little no, bit. No, it was mainly, like, it was either Stasiak or mediocre at best Mike Sanders or Palumbo or... He'd get a couple hands talking. Not much, though. Not much. So, like, that's not really enough to judge us. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, crowd reaction kind of takes him down to meh. Uh, the uh, did I say gimmick or look earlier? Because his look, like he had a really good look. I was about to say, just do look because I don't want to bring him down to trash. Yeah, because if you do gimmick, he never really had one. <laughs> so like, I would I would just say Max. Yeah, I'll put him in mediocre. I'll do it for you, Mark. Because I like Mark Dintrack. And it's always, he's always another big what if for me. Like, what if he would have stayed with Evolution? What if Triple H was like, no, my buddy's going to do it. Fuck him. All right, who do you got? Uh, you want to do just a couple more and then... Yeah, well, 20 more minutes. Keep going. All right. So, this next one I got, he's another... Uh, He's one, his character has evolved through the years. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily a deep cut, but I want to do him anyway. Sting. Okay. Yeah, not a deep cut at all. Yeah. But elite. He's elite for me. I, I, everything about him, I did not, you love Surfer Sting. I fucking think it's dog shit. I think 
like you showed me that promo and you really loved that WCW Saturday night promo when he fucking tricked Rick Rude into signing the thing for the girl and it was yeah. an autograph and he got him to sign into a match. I thought it was the stupidest fucking shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I thought he looked like an idiot even trying to say it and trying to outsmart him. It's like, Sting, you don't look smart. You look like a fucking idiot. Shave your head. But and I truly, I hated Surfer Singh. I love the matches with Cactus. I like the stuff with Vader. I thought he had good matches back then. But the character, I just thought it's like Ultimate Warrior Light. I never really... But the Crow... He was an Ultimate Warrior that could work. Yes, he was. But did not capture the same uh, attention in my eyes. Did not have that love. He had it from WCW, but who was drawing more? Ah, uh, more than likely. Warrior. Who drew more? What fucking warrior in the fucking early nineties or fucking what's his name? Or the oh, lady? To be honest with you, they were both flops. War the Ultimate Warrior was not a flop. If you talk to a lot, well, before a lot of those guys died, they you don't main event WrestleMania win the world title, have fucking eighty thousand people or whatever, sixty thousand, whatever. Oh, his standing. run was a failure after. Yeah, but he had a fucking run. Yeah. Uh, Sting and Sting had a run too but it just wasn't for me the crow shit is some of the best stuff I've ever seen in my life that's what makes WCW it's not the NWO that's what makes fucking 97-98 some of the best years for WCW was how fucking good he was at being that fucking he's the darkness of WCW I am so glad he watched that movie with Brendan Lee and he got inspiration because he fucking or Brandon, whatever, or Brandon Lee, but he, magic, and TNA, he's the best TNA legend of all time, his work, he got to work with Samoa Joe, Angle, and, like, Perk Angle, too, fucking AJ Styles, him and AJ had fucking barn burners, the stuff with Mr. Anderson, I like the Joker shit, even though people think that's stupid, I like the Joker stuff he was And doing. when he was allowed to bring that up in the Hall of Fame, He's like, should I bring this up? And they're like, yeah. He goes, well, yeah, I'll talk about it. I like being the Joker. It's just, yes, he did chi- I He did keep updating himself, and I appreciate that. I wouldn't put him with, like, a Chris Jericho. He's not a master of reinvention. But Well, lately, Jericho's not either. He was for a very long time, though. Yeah, I mean, lately, all Jericho's been a master of is Bation. Hey, he's a wizard. Uh... <laughs> But Sting, the Crow stuff is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. So he's elite. Yeah. And to me, I, again, I know a lot of people do shit on Surfer Sting, but he had to start somewhere. Yeah. And I, I, and that's a huge part of your childhood. I'm not trying to say it was bad. Yeah. Even though I just did. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I know what I'm peeing on tonight while you're sleeping. Uh Okay, well, me and the Jack Swagger fan club will be outside your room. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> You're the shit on guys I like. I know Sting's a lot more prolific. Sting could kick Jack Swagger's ass even now. As in Swagger beat him up, he, he has had to have beat him up at some point at AEW, no? No. Okay. No, uh... He, Is he, Sting in AEW? Yeah. Yeah, he's hanging out with Darby. Not doing much. They're wrestling... Sunday night at the pay-per-view against Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. Shouldn't 
Jericho and Sting and a couple of those other guys to be retired by now. Yeah, but AEW is going with young original talent. So. Yeah, right. It's going real well for them. Fucking liars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting Sting. Uh, I'm putting Sting in Elite too, just because of you know, again, like you said, you know, the evolution of the character because. He kept updating himself, you know, like Undertaker did. You know, Undertaker kept evolving with the times. Sting kept doing the same thing. He uh, did it once. Sting? Yeah. He did it once and it worked. The Joker shit wasn't the best reinvention. We can look at it and laugh, but we were no, like, that's a, a masterpiece. Well, first of all, like, what changed in TNA? He talked a little more. I will anyway, take my woo! pecker out and slap you in the face. <laughs> I'm right, uh, though. No, he because once. he did, you know, he surfer sting. Yes. Then he became the crow. Then he became, it wasn't the person, but the wolf pack sting. He had red face paint, but he was the same character. Well, not necessarily the same character because he wasn't the dark and mysterious character anymore. <laughs> yeah, but after that, what did he change into for the next 15 years? And then years he, did, he did the, the crow thing again, but he was more of a, you know, more of an animated version of the crow. Which was what he was in Wolfpack. Uh, <sighs> which was originally kind of what he was a Surfer Stick. <laughs> You're not gonna win Listen, this one. So he though. never really fucking changed. He changed one time and it was awesome. And, and then he mixed it all together. Yeah, and then no, like he kept evolving. Okay. All right. Uh just like you keep pissing me <laughs> off. We start calling you Sharon. Uh oh, that's a low bug. And uh so oh, but low yeah. But, no, he is elite, you know, whether he changed one time or a thousand. I agree. He's elite on my list, too. I just, it's, he didn't change. <laughs> he changed once, and it was awesome. No, he kept, he was evolving the character, like, to not necessarily, like, to great length. But, I mean, so you're going to say that, like, Undertaker, because they always talk about how Undertaker evolved so many times over the years. He went from the dark side to American Badass and back to the dark side. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was different versions of the dark side. Yeah. You had the rapist uh, dark side character. And then you yeah. had, you know, the character he's been playing since 2004 when he came back as the dead man. Yeah. All right. But, but I, everybody praises that. But God forbid, yeah. you know. Things, Do I? Huh? Do I, though? Have I said Undertaker's a master reinvention? No, I think it's the exact same thing. Yeah, but, he's, he's the same guy. But he's never changed. Somebody like Jericho, who is, who's gone from bland white baby face, arrogant cocky heel to like rock star, like baby face that all the fucking bitches love. I'm not, I'm not arguing. With, we weren't talking about Jericho, you dumb fuck. We're well, talking about Sting. But Jericho is the one that I said. You're arguing my point, not everybody else's. Undertaker, I put, I agree with you. Badass and Dead Man, that's his only two. He he only reinvented well, it's himself. Basically the same character. And then he yeah. went same thing. Surfer Sting, Surfer Sting, Crow, a mix of everything. Badass, Dead Man, back to Dead Man. The same thing. I, I agree with you there. But I'm not calling those two great fucking reinvention artists. I don't think they are. I don't think Sting is. I think Jericho. Is. I think the fact that the, what I'm what I was trying to say was 
Sting was keeping up with the times. He knew that he had to make even just the smallest readjustment to keep himself over. He stayed awesome in my eyes. I thought he stayed really good. He did. But he also, again, trying to, you know, he knew he just had to make like one small little tweak or whatever, even if it was the tiniest fucking thing. If it was something he had to add, like, you know, when he got to AEW, he started doing stuff that the fucking, you know, Hardys should have stopped doing 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And I, again, I'm not saying he's the master of reinvention. Okay. All right. I didn't say that. I just said that he, he has evolved, even if it's just a tiny little bit, he's keeping up with the times. It's not the same stale character. I no, I agree. With, I don't think he's the same stale character. I do. No, he's the same exciting character. <laughs> I think he's really good. I, I've I've always loved Sting. I still love. Oh, Sting. Sting! I thought we were still on the Undertaker. Sorry. Okay, no, Stay I I agree. I agree with the last point. <laughs> Part of this, we're like su- we're supposed to disagree, but uh, but we're both putting him in the same spot. Sting is, is very elite. For sure. I'm kicking Eric's ass next time I see him. Just because you got me on this Why would you kick Eric's ass? Because I can't kick Eric's Oh, okay. Somebody's got to say. It's funny how that works out. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, now that you just stole fucking, uh, you basically just stole Zach Gowen's spot. We got to skip him. <laughs> Who went 20 minutes on Sting? Uh, no, I'm not going to bring up Zach Gowan. Let's do somebody. Let's do the Hurricane. So he's another one that, uh, you know, a bland, you know, kind of character and all that. You know, start starts off as a boy band, but then evolves into the superhero. Uh which is a gimmick that I thought should have been really over, but the problem is, is that everybody saw limitations. Yeah. Which, by the way, when you're like 5'10 and 198 pounds, there is limitation. Then, for sure. But if he would have come around in like 2010, 2012 or something like that, I mean, if he would have only been around like the last 10 years, he'd be super over right now. The thing about Hurricane is that to go from Sugar Shane and like that shit with the boy band stuff with Three Count to fucking the Hurricane and something completely a superhero gimmick and then to reinvent himself. See, Sting should have looked at Hurricane's career and took notes how to evolve. <laughs> if, if he would have been like You're Hurricane, <laughs> if he would have looked at Hurricane, then he would have got it. But to go from that and then to go to Gregory Helms and to do that heels turn that really worked. Yeah, which broke a lot of kids' hearts, by the way. Yeah, and but that's what's great about wrestling. You get kids to believe in something like that. You get people to believe, and then it's like, no, I'm a piece of shit now, and I'm not. Superheroes are fucking stupid, and you're a nerd and a virgin. Like that's fucking awesome. He fucking, I just, he was always going to be a cruiserweight and and stuff like that. But he was one of the best of that era. To me, he's very good. 
I like the hurricane and one of the best comedic reliefs never felt corny or hammy or nothing. Yeah. I'm going to say very good too, just because of what he accomplished. I mean, as far as like, you love hurricane. Yeah. And you love him with the big man. Like what they were able to do, like just like how funny they were and they were comedic relief, but hurricane, when he needed to, when they needed him to work, he worked. And that's the thing. It's not like a Ziggler or, well, I, that's not fair to Ziggler, but that's not like whenever they gave him the ball, he could shoot. Yeah. The Rock stuff, when they gave him that ball and it's like, the, you're going to have the most entertaining guy to work with, you got to still be entertaining and make this believable and cool. And he, he did. And you were rooting for the Hurricane against the Rock. You wanted the Hurricane to win that match. Even though the Rock, I know he was a heel, so you're supposed to and all that. But it's the fucking Rock, you know? Yeah. And the hurricane was believable and beat him with some help, but still that stuff was amazing. And like whenever he got that little ball, not saying he could ever do a main event or anything, but whenever he fucking, they're like, all right, go do this and be awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. You you don't agree? You agree no, I, I, I do agree because, you know, even when like, you know, they were kind of doing the, like that little like run with him and trying to get him over and then, you know, unfortunately, he ran into the Triple H problem because, uh, you know, Triple H realized, oh, my God, he used to work for WCW. I got to bury him. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that kind of stalled him a little bit. But then, you know, starting to do the stuff with Rosie. Yeah. And, you know, when they finally won the tag titles in 2005, like, a lot of people were happy. But, like, JR and King were just like, oh, my God, wait, they won? Yeah. It's just like, it's like J.R. and King weren't clued in beforehand. It's like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to win. <laughs> All right, Doug, last name for you. And then I got one more. Okay. Uh, Hardcore Holly. Ooh. Underrated and the complete opposite of Hurricane to where it's not his fault, but whenever he got the ball, he just got hurt. Yeah. Whenever it's like, oh, Hardcore Holly's going to do something, he got injured. But Royal Rumble 2004, him and Brock Lesnar is still a good match. And I like that feud, and I like him wanting to beat the shit out of Brock every fucking... And I like Goldberg and him, and he's like, ain't that right, Hardcore? And, he, and Brock looks behind him, and he thinks Hardcore might be there. Like, I like that badass type. He never really got his due, but, like, a good foundation in the fucking Attitude Era, a good foundation in the... If he was underneath in the mid card in the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, you're getting a good match, and you could get a brawl, you could get anything. But he just, he was good. I would put him in good. So the thing with me is that, like, when he did the whole NASCAR thing, again, like, the look of the NASCAR driver. I forgot about that. The look of the NASCAR driver, because, again, he was another one that wore, like, the different color, like, you know, singlets or whatever. You know, the different color, like, you know, uh, you know, singlet type thing, you know, singlets and the pants or whatever. Spark plug Holly. And, uh, you know, so one week he'd come out dressed in red. Next week he'd be dressed in blue or green, or I think he did like purple a few times. Uh, the only issue is that like, you know, when he, you know, had like the long hair and all that, like you could actually see the bald spot. Uh, then he became Hardcore Holly, and he evolved. Yes. Okay? 100%. He evolved 
into the miserable motherfucker that he would stay for the next 20 years. But he worked with uh, Crash. Yeah. And he even worked by himself. And when he was going to do the ECW stuff, it could have been an all right fit if it would have lasted a little longer. Yeah. And he's like, uh, again, you mentioned he just kept getting hurt. Yeah. Whenever you like the match with Kurt, awesome, but he got hurt. You know, yeah. The stuff with Brock, awesome, but he got hurt. Like it's just whenever it's like, oh, hardcore might do something, he gets hurt. Yeah. So to me, that would that would only make him good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you think he did that on purpose because he was afraid of success? Uh, no, because the injuries weren't his fault. Okay. Uh, Kurt so- landed on him wrong. So he he was really hurt. So there, he there was, was a move. Uh, yeah, Kurt Angle really does a Brock Lesnar almost broke his fucking neck. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt Angle does a moonsault on him, but Kurt. By the way, Kurt was never like great at a moonsault. No, even though he, he hit it maybe a couple times. Yeah. Perfectly, but there was one time, like the first time he, I think he actually tried the moonsault. He does it. His foot came down, or his leg came down full force, and actually broke. Holly's arm, like in half, oh, and, and like we could, sh- like I'll show you the video at some point. It's like disgusting. Like there's no, oh, like wow. he, he ain't faking it. He 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 got fucked up a few times. And yeah. the Brock shit, same thing. You like you see the way he lands on his neck, and you know something's not right. And then uh, there was you know another thing too, like in 2007 when he uh, he hurt his arm again, and he had to go in for or no, like he had already. He was already having arm problems, but he had to delay the surgery because he was promised the WrestleMania match. Yep. Uh, and then, like, when they said, oh, no, we're going to go a different direction, he's like, all right, write me off TV. Like, I got to get this taken care of. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a fucked up uh, story to where, like, uh, he w- technically was almost a witness to the whole Benoit thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, he was in Atlanta, and Benoit was trying to get him to come over for dinner uh, the one night. And it was actually the night before Benoit went nuts. Damn. And Holly's just like, I'm just going to go home. And Benoit's just like, no, dude, I want you here. He goes, I'm tired. I'm going home. Jesus. Uh, And then JR actually made a comment. He's like, you realize things could have been different if you would have went to dinner? (laughs) Is that what he said? Yeah. Holy shit. And what the fuck, JR? You're going to put that on fucking hardcore Holly. You wanted to go home. And, and as a fellow. So. Yeah, but it's not like. Hardcore is not going to be at dinner eating spaghetti. It's like, hey, just in case you want to kill your family tomorrow, don't do it. <laughs> like, don't do it. I know, but he could have been the friend that. But no one knew. They just knew he was sad about Eddie. No one knew that he was fucking. He had the brain of an 82-year-old Alzheimer's patient. Yeah. No one knew that. So, like, you can't really put that on Bob Holly. Oh, no, just, you can't. But. but it's just like, I mean, even though... I get it, but I mean, it is a little harsh. Because the thing is, too, is that, like, what really could have changed? Like, we went ahead uh, four victims instead of three. True. Yeah, Or, like, they would have had a nice dinner. Benoit wouldn't have told him anything and then still did it, which is probably what would have happened. So... Let's not even like entertain that scenario, but you're right. He he just hardcore in his own right. 
good worker, the spark plug shit is the cringiest. Like, that's when WWE is like, bad gimmick, bad gimmick. Oh, you used to be a race car driver, pal. Spark plug Holly. It's like, you're dressing as a NASCAR driver. It's like, oh, my God. It was just, that's fine. Uh, but it was ass. And uh, I remember he did a shoot interview when he left, and he was like, yeah, the click tried to fuck with me back in the day, and I told him. I'm going to fuck you guys up. Pretty much, he, he was like, I was attacked. And then fucking Sean Oliver, like, read it back and or played the tape for Scott Hall. He's like, we didn't even knew, know who the fuck you were. Dude. <laughs> he, he's like, no one gave a shit about you. didn't bitch us. Like, no, you didn't. Like, and I believe Scott. Like, they, Oh, I believe everything Scott Hall said. Spark plug Holly didn't go up to the click. It's like, hey, stop fucking around. It's like, no one gives a shit about you. You had a stupid Bob haircut. <laughs> you looked like a mom in the 70s. But he he did evolve, and he did get really good. Well, good. He's enough to be good. Right. All right. I'm going to let that be the last name. Uh, we didn't get into very many because we did go in deep like we promised. Uh, we're going to keep doing this whenever it's just you and me. That'll okay. be our thing. Yes, that's cool. Yeah. Sharon technically makes three. Yeah, I kind of make four. No, you don't. <laughs> But uh, this was a lot of fun, Doug. Yeah. Uh, it was fun ranking some of our favorites. And some guys that really don't get a lot of love anymore. Uh, they're going to listen. People are going to listen to this episode and be like, who the fuck is Michael Tarver? <laughs> well, I was thinking that as you guys were talking about him. The whole world was thinking it, but yeah. I had to do it. I like the bandana. <laughs> so as long as nothing is wrong with this episode and they get to hear the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We will be back. We're going to do parts two through 50 because there's so many wrestlers in the world. Yeah. But whenever it's just you and me, this will be our thing. And, uh, yeah, Bob, I love you. And this is a lot of fun. Love you too. Uh, next week, I think Clint is, I don't think Clint is going to be on, but next week, if it's you, me and, uh, uh, Binky, then, uh, we're going to do, uh, the Macho Man, uh, top 10 moments and matches. Oh, cool. So. Sounds good. Is there going to be uh, any matches with that uh, one-dimensional dude from WCW? <laughs> there might be. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be back, and we'll see everybody next week. Later. Later.